Hello again out there in uh, Birdland. It's Hanson Tempest along with uh, Chip Darmstadt. And we are listening to the, um, the Carolina Wren is joining us this morning. The Carolina Wren. Just a nice morning sound. Oh, so vocal. <laughs> they do a lot of singing, and it's one of those birds you, you hear it and rarely see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I'm always fascinated by wrens. I think they're like kind of the neatest birds around. They're they're kind of uh, they got that funny fork tail a lot of them have, and they're kind of chunky and they're kind of little, and they got a funny beak. And um, and you hear them a lot. Sometimes you never see them, but you hear them. Yeah, you know, maybe with the exception of house wren in Vermont, we you know these are birds we we hear more often than we see, and. Um, and, and they're all, um, you know, in different habitats, too. So it helps to know what your habitat is to, uh, to determine what species you might see or hear. Um, and we were actually bird banding this morning and caught a Carolina wren, which we very rarely do. I think we only have one other time that we caught a Carolina wren. It's very exciting. Mm. So uh, a, a Carolina wren, um, what's it look like? Well, it's our largest wren, as far as wrens go. Uh, it, and it's got the biggest beak of any wren, too, in Vermont. I was really surprised, you know, um, seeing how massive its beak is. It's quite long and stout. And they're generally a rusty brown color with a lot of barring on the wings and the tail. And then um, kind of creamy underparts. And then the most distinctive feature that sets it apart from the other wrens we have in Vermont, in addition to its large size, is this um, kind of pale eyebrow or supercilium, this whitish eyebrow uh, that really sticks out. So it's a large, chunky wren. You mentioned the tail. You know, the tail sticks straight up just like the other wrens. Uh, so very distinctive. And that eyebrow is a dead giveaway that you're looking at a Carolina wren. Yeah, sometimes it even looks a little stern when you see the when you see this wren with that that white eyebrow, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, if you get too close to their nest, they'll scold you. Uh, they, they make a lot of different sounds. Uh, you know, we typically hear their tea kettle, tea kettle, tea kettle, tea kettle song. But they do this harsh scolding call, too. Um, and chances are, if you have Carolina wrens nesting in your area, they could be, you know, right in your backyard uh, or even, like, on part of your house, they 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 nest in very interesting situations, uh, uh, hanging flower pots, um, a baseball glove, any kind of nook it can find. Um, I don't know if it's ever nested in a grill, but I wouldn't put it past it. Uh, I saw it nest on a stroller once. They uh, <laughs> they'll nest just about anywhere around a human structure. Yeah, the old stroller. If you leave that out too long, they definitely will yeah. nest in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be careful not to sit on that nest when you take yeah. the baby for a stroll. Yeah, just make sure to bring the baby in. All right. <laughs> We're talking about uh, wrens, the Carolina wrens. So um, do we see this time to time and one will show up at the feeder in the winter? Am I right on that one or is that another wren? Yeah, they will. Um, often suet. They often come to a suet feeder. Um, and they're really, you know, a town bird. Um, we, you know, here at the Nature Center in Montpelier, we're just two miles out of downtown, but rarely get Carolina Red. 
But if you walk around the neighborhoods of Montpelier or any mid-sized town in Vermont, especially in the southern part of the state, um, central to southern, that's where you're going to find Carolina Reds. They're more in town, uh, in suburban areas, and not so much in the um, in the countryside. Yeah. And they'll scold you, huh, if you get too close? Yeah. yeah it's funny. They, you know, they'll take full advantage of whatever uh, situation us humans may provide um, because they are very closely tied to um, human habitation, uh, kind of like house wrens. Um, but they, yeah, uh, if you get close to their nest, you'll hear them scolding you, and uh, you know that they probably have eggs or nestlings in that big, bulky nest that they build. Mm. The Carolina wren, uh, that uh, Chip had at the North Branch Nature Center, you actually got it in one of your little net- nests. You must have been surprised when you opened up the uh, the uh, net, and there it was, huh? Yeah, we totally were. We, you know, we hear them rarely, um, and like I said, it's only the second time we've ever caught one. And it was just, um, you know, I can't remember, it's one of our morning net checks. We have five nets set up around the property where we ban birds, and we check those nets every half hour. And, yeah, lo and behold, one was hanging there in the net, giving us the eye. Um, and it was a, an adult. We figured out it was an adult. So maybe, and if we could figure out it was a female, too, because it had a brood patch. It had a, a section of its belly that was bare of feathers when it blew on its belly. Um, so it, uh, my guess is this bird nested. It was a post-nesting season. Maybe the young had um, fledged and you know, had gone off on their own now, and this bird is just kind of traveling around. Mm. Talking about wrens this weekend, and then uh, the other one is that the one that really um, sings a lot is the uh, the house wren, right? Yeah, house wren and winter wren. You know, they're all really prolific singers. Um, you know, the house wren is a bird that will come to nest boxes, so it's a, a bird that's pretty widespread in Vermont. The winter wren is mostly in in wooded areas. Both have very exuberant songs. Um, House wren is more kind of shorter and chattier. Um, the winter wren song, you know, is just long and tinkling, this cascade of notes that's really beautiful. Um, and again, we hear these birds so much more than we actually see them. House wrens, if you have a house wren box, you can see them pretty easily. But, but winter wrens like to stay hidden in, in, uh, in ravines and dark areas in the woods. Yeah, and the, and the house wren is... It reminds me of the old sewing machine, right? Yeah, a little bit like, uh, you know, this short, short outburst of notes. It's not as regular as something like a chipping sparrow. Um, the other bird that kind of is often compared to a sewing machine. But, yeah, it's got this short outburst of notes and, you know, it sings all day long. Um, and again, mostly in open areas, lightly wooded areas, woodland edges. So it's found all over the state. Yeah, the uh, the house wren, and of course the other one is the one is the winter wren, and that one that one stays in the forest more than the open territory, right? Definitely, yeah, definitely a forest bird. You know, or sometimes you'll see them on the forest edge, but yeah, they they'll nest on um, when a tree falls over in the woods and you get a big root ball. They'll nest right in that root ball on the fallen down tree. Um, so their habitat is really tied to the woods. Mm, good stuff. The uh, house wren, the Carolina wren, the winter wren. Uh, any more wrens in Vermont? 
There is almost two more. The marsh wren. Oh, yes. Which is a cattail marshes. Um, and so it's a little bit more, it's widespread in Vermont, but, you know, it's only found where there's extensive cattail marsh. And then, the, and then there's a the very rare sedge wren, which um, very secretive, rare nester in Vermont. And they like these sedgy wet meadows, often in agricultural areas. Like, you know, like imagine a wet swale on a farm that doesn't get hayed or there's no crops grown on it because it's too wet. Um, sometimes you may get a sedge wren nesting in that kind of situation. But, you know, I, I think I know of one sedge wren in Vermont this year on Shelburne Farms property. Um, pretty rare nester, but, but, but regular. Mm. Yeah. Um, speaking of nests, just a quick update. Uh, we've been talking about the uh, Dixis the last couple of weeks, and uh, you have an update. So we've got we've got we've got a uh, breeding pair. We have a breeding pair. It's been confirmed, um, and I don't think the nest has been seen, but um, uh, people have seen the male and the female carrying food. So if you see a bird, and this is a general gen- a general rule, if you see a bird traveling, you know, hopping in a bush or anywhere, and it's carrying food in its beak, it's usually food for young. It, you know, an adult bird will just eat, if it's for the, if the food is for itself, it will just eat it. <laughs> but if you see a bird carrying food, that often means that it's bringing food to nestlings or fledglings. Yeah. So, and that has been the case with the dick sissels uh, in Heinsberg. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Exciting. Yeah. Alrighty, well, um, Time has flown by again on this weekend, and we've got to fly out of here for another weekend. Uh, I'm Anson Tebbets. Chip Darmstadt. For the birds.